Some people may think that actually we paid you money, you need to do everything for the whole application. Um, we still need to, you know, to get that flow. We need those regular touch points. We need that input. We need, you know, to be kept in the loop with externals, which could affect, you know, the internals. Overthinking it can, can be a real, real issue, you know, with the glamping, because it is, it is a complete roller coaster of a ride to get in planning permission, but the rewards are astronomical. The rewards are, are huge once you get through it. So it's all about riding the wave. People have a vision in their head. They, They've been imagining it for years, they've had this idea, they've thought long and hard about it and, um, you know, they, they know exactly what they want and the council can, you know, completely turn that on its head. Hello and welcome to the Glampitech podcast. Today I'm joined by Jack Liddell, who's a client relations consultant here at Glampitech. Jack's role is to be the point of contact for our clients throughout the process, from when they first approach us to the feasibility study, to the planning application, and eventually the site setup operation. Performing this role has given him a lot of insight into what clients can do to make the process smoother for all parties, and effectively increase the chances of getting a glamping site off the ground. That's going to be the general theme of today's episode, which is going to be slightly different from the usual. You might be a client of ours, or someone thinking of becoming a client of ours, and you might not be aware of some of the things you can do to give your glamping ambitions the best possible chances of success. You may even be someone who doesn't want to work with us, but is thinking of working with other glamping professionals, in which case this should prove useful to you as well. With that, I think we're ready to move on to today's episode. As ever, I hope you enjoy and find it valuable. Hi Jack, how you doing? Uh, yeah, good thanks, Nick. How are you? I'm good, thank you. So you're the client, uh, client relations consultant at Glampitect. Uh, before we get into the topic of today's podcast, which is a sort of... Um, a look at what the ideal client is for us or for, for any other, you know, glamping consultant or anything like that, because there are others out there and uh, we just want to speak to, to clients or potential clients about the kind of things that they can be doing to make the whole process a bit easier. Um, so we're going to run through a few questions on that, that kind of topic. But just before we get into it, um, what's your sort of background and uh, how did you end up working for Glampitech and what do you actually do at Glampitech? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, before starting at Glampitect, I was working in sales in New Zealand. Um, I was working out of Queenstown and no, never done sales before. Um, so basically started doing it, wasn't really getting it. Um, and then it kind of clicked and flowed and got a bit of progression. I realized that actually I quite liked it. I liked the customer interaction. I liked, you know, the, the day in, day out. I really just enjoyed it. And, you know, having the people's best interest in mind, getting them what they wanted, because I saw the variety of different products from trips to Australia, all over New Zealand, Fiji, bungee jumps, skydives, et cetera. Um, but, you know, making people's you know, holidays as best as I could, I potentially could, um, you know, I got a lot of satisfaction from that. So moved back to um, the UK when the, the pandemic hit and, you know, kind of was looking at, was work at, working at a completely different job at the time and realised that actually I was kind of missing, you know, kind of, business to client stuff um, and I yeah I literally just kind of came back and seen an opportunity of something completely new completely different but you know I could still kind of relate to my previous job and you know trying to get have the client's best interest in mind and you know get them to where they need to be um, and the opportunity Glampitech came up and yeah I've uh, never looked back it's been, been, it's been great. Yeah, were you aware of the glamping industry? Um... I was, yeah. I mean, um, yeah, as, as I say, I've, I'd followed NC500 pods for a while. Uh, I like the way that they were run, set up, and I did see that, that actually there's a big up-and-coming market 
and there's there's really you know there's there's a lot out there and as I looked into it more and more all the different styles and varieties and, and what's out there was, was all new to me and it was really really interesting so yeah it was a good good choice getting into yeah. it and what's your day-to-day role at Glampertech then yeah my day-to-day role so I am the client relationship consultant so um, I will probably be speaking to most people who are interested, need help, have any queries, want to get started, set up, um, general information. Um, so generally, the, the process that you know kind of help you through. So you know, finding a piece of land is obviously the main thing. Um, yeah, it will generally help you through. You know, get get a feasibility study done on the land. Um, you know, this gives you good a good judgment of character of what the land is going to be, um, and you know, kind of all the steps through it. So you know, we look at your planning probability. Um, and all that kind of stuff, you know, um, construction challenges, demand competition, and your, uh, you know, financially, if it's going to be feasible. Uh, based on that, we would get you through kind of, you know, pre-planning and full planning. So I'll be advising on, on all that sort of stuff as well. Um, I'm there to answer any questions you have specifically about your piece of land. Um, if I'm not able to answer, we've got a really, really good design team behind us who will know the answer. Um, yeah, we do we also help, you know, set up website design, automate the channel manager booking systems, which would be your best friend for when your site's up and running. And, and yeah, again, just advising, answering questions, working out what works best for the clients. Uh, we've also got a marketing team behind us as well. And um, so we do, you know, social media and content creation. We can help source pods so I can connect you to, you know, any manufacturers, any affiliates of ours. Um, and even the marketing team as well, you know, if you need hands, you know, getting things off the ground and stuff like that. So. Yeah, basically, I'm kind of here to, to help in, in kind of all areas of the field, and I would be your connect to any different departments, whether you go for a feasibility study, connecting to feasibility, design, uh, connection to the design team, marketing and website, you know, do, I'm the kind of that, um, that connect um, to, to each section. Yeah, so a very client-facing role, and if, if uh, a client does approach us, it's a good chance that um, they'll be assigned to you and you can help them through the whole process, which we find is really helpful rather than you know uh, having different people at different times. There's always you as a reference point that you can go back to. Um, so that, that's why we brought you in to, for this episode, really, because obviously you are very client-facing and you know the things that clients can do that really helps the process and you know the, the not-so-good things that clients can do. Um, we don't want this to be a, a lecture on oh what you need to do if you're at Glampertech this should be applicable for it. maybe they don't want to go with us maybe they want to work with another consultant or or anything like that um, but it's mainly just to help clients uh, or other people's clients go through the process make things easier for them but make things easier for the people that they're working with because um, it's a new it's a new process for them you know we, obviously we've got experience in doing it but um, so sometimes uh, you know they might need just need a little bit of advice about how to go through the process and make it as smooth as possible for both sides yeah um, so just going straight into it then what would you say makes the perfect client when working with a company like Glampertech to set up a Glamp Insight a perfect client so yeah I would probably say you know being re- you know kind of making yourself available um, is it, it might sound really really basic but see um you know if you need some some information of somebody um, and it's there's a, a big big delay and um, you know there's you, you've emailed text you know or somebody's you know say lost interest or, or just you know put their put their planning on the back burner but it hasn't told us so you know we try to get the, the information um, from a client side of things and people just switch off rather than just being honest and being upfront and saying like we are we're, like we're, we're going to delay this for six months or whatever which is what we'd obviously rather do because then we can act accordingly uh, and it's not going to be on our subconscious to you know keep pestering somebody as such and um, you know if if something you know somebody's told you they want you say say sanction the feasibility study 
But yeah, yeah, let's do that. Perfect. Send the documents over. Everything's all good. Um, and for something's happened in the background, and they don't want to, you know, don't want to continue with it anymore. But don't make us aware of that. That thing that that can be one of the the trickiest things because you don't want to be from a from a client side of things. Like me personally, I'm very rapport. I very like I like having people's best interests in mind. Um, but you know, having stuff outstanding doesn't sit very well with me. I, I like to you know keep on top of things. But also, I don't want to chase people, and I don't want to be pushy or irritating. So when people just let me know, like, oh, by the way, I know we said we do this, but um, something's come up where the land fell through, or you know, we're we're not in a financial position to do it. Just tell us every time. Just just let us know, and we we will. We'll, it's a lot easier for everybody to put it that way. And so I imagine that feeds into both sides' responsibilities. You know, we both have responsibility to be open and communicate where we are at the process with each other. So as you say, if, if they've got, if the client's gone cold a bit, then just let us know and that's absolutely fine. Or exactly. on our end, you know, you know, if, we, if we're hearing good things or bad things from the council, then we'll relay that information to the client to make sure that, you know, we, we both know exactly where we're at. Um, are, there any, are there any other sort of responsibilities that um, you think the client should have and that we should have uh, to each other yeah absolutely so i think you know particularly in the, in the planning process i think one of the main things is that it is a team effort so obviously we, we aim to get clients through the process as efficiently as possible i mean we've got a great design team behind us um who will you know they we work really really efficiently really quickly and put everything into the application so everything from you know the drawings site layout plan drainage plan do all your visuals your justification reports market research documents you name it I'd go all in, uh, fill out, but we, you know, we need that, you know, these verifications, these touch points with clients. Um, and, you know, if somebody goes off grid, they say somebody goes on holiday for two, two, three weeks and doesn't tell us, um, they know that can cause, you know, delays and cause a, a little bit of disruption in a way. Um, so it's just keeping us in the loop like we would keep you in the loop. So, you know, if any changes, you know, say if we, say a client needs to get, uh, you know, um, it does a percolation test and needs to change the change the drainage plan. And we make the client aware that look, this is what we've got back. This is information um, that you know we would make contact with the client straight away. So you know if anything changes that may affect their application, and um, you know kind of in a vice versa sort of way, they should let us know as well, um, just to keep things in sync. Because being in sync is you know is important. So yeah, it's 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 quite a. It, it, you know, it's, we aim to make the, the the flow of the situation as as efficient as we can and get you that planning because that is the objective of the goal. But yeah, I think um, again, it's just a it's a team effort rather than you know where some some people may think that actually we paid you money, you need to do everything for the whole application. Um, we still need to you know to get that flow. We need those regular touch points. We need that input. We need you know to be kept in the loop with externals, which could affect you know the internals. And I think that's important to note as well in terms of um, we're going to talk about this later on about what clients need to be aware of going into the process, but it's not always completely and utterly smooth for the planning process. Sometimes, you know, a good, a good scenario is where they'll say yes on certain conditions, um, which is obviously, you know, clients need to be aware that, that there will sometimes be extra conditions attached to an accepted uh, planning proposal, like, you know, as I said, percolation testing or ecology surveys and all sorts. So, um, it's probably our responsibility early on as well to communicate that 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 might be a possibility um you know because because it's not always just yep you can you can get planning get crack on sometimes and it will there'll be extra costs associated with those conditions and surveys as well um so that's something that probably needs to be communicated early 
Again, I don't want to go over old ground, but um, is there anything in particular that clients can do to make the process run smoothly and on our side as well? Yeah, one one piece of advice I would say is don't overthink it too much. You know, there's a lot of people that you know I've spoke to in the past that have kind of you know delayed and delayed and delayed and delayed where they could have got the ball rolling six months ago just by not decide like not you know not knowing if they want the pod or a shepherd's hut. Because you know some some decision like that. One advice I would give to everybody is just do whatever you know. Obviously, we would do a feasibility study to assess any policies that may restrict uh, you know how how the application goes. So, say if you're in like a a special landscape area uh, or a regional scenic area or something like that. You're, you're not going to get planning permission for a, a converted shipping container with a glass front, but you might for a, you know, for a shepherd's hut. So it's all about, you know, at an early stage, mitigating that risk and just narrowing down your options and then going for the one that you want the most. And if the council don't like it, then, you know, if you, if you are debating between the two, then you, you've got a plan B. Uh, because, yeah, I mean, overthinking it can, can be a real real issue you know with the glamping because it is, it is a complete roller coaster of a ride getting planning permission but the rewards are astronomical the rewards are, are huge once you get through it so it's all about riding the wave and taking that first step into the planning that's you committed you're in and everything else has figured itself out along the way there's going to be roadblocks there's going to be hurdles but again our design team it's the it's the bread and butter it's the it, day in day out it's what they do um it's trying you know mitigate risk and Get people through it as efficiently as possible, uh, and keeping every, keeping everybody streamlined, uh, just so that you don't you know go off course or whatever. So, yeah, I think it's um, it, it can be again, like I say, it can be a, a tricky process, but that's essentially what what we we're designed to do is to you know we're that handheld service to get you through the process as efficiently as we can. Yeah, and and it's, it will actually affect really if you if you dilly dally over a small thing like that, whether to go for a pod or a shepherd thought that. You know, you might think, oh, it's just a few months, but that's, you know, tens of thousands of pounds. If you get set up, you know, if you can get up set up at the start of the summer season, um, you know, that's tens of thousands of pounds you're missing out on over a little decision like that. Of course, whether the decision of whether to go into glamping or not is a huge one. And, you know, we won't want to rush people into that, of course. But when we get into the, 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 the nitty gritty details that really don't matter too much, like you say, the choice of the unit or things like that, um, that's where you probably need to just be making the decisions a bit quicker so you can get, get, um, get through the process especially if you're trying to aim for to be open for the start of summer or spring or something like that where you know you'll be getting the getting the the bookings in quite quickly it doesn't matter so much I suppose at winter but yeah for sure I mean that's the thing as well is I mean right now is the perfect you know if you want to be open by spring next year this is this is goal time uh, and the reason being for that is you know over the colder months like over the winter there can be things that happen you know frost that will you know present you know stop the groundworks from from going ahead you know, if you we had a problem in the in the winter with snow and um, can't do a tree survey, can't get to the sites, things like that. So it mitigates. Yes, I mean we aim to get you through the planning as you know to as high a standard as we possibly can and as quickly as we can. But there are going to be there are going to be uh, hurdles along the way. Whether this is council's been too busy to you know on the website says oh we are like we aim to get back to you in four weeks and it becomes ten weeks. Um, you know, pre-applications are getting withdrawn every week from different councils, and um, we're seeing a new one more and more frequently. And um, so it just allows, you know, getting moving. It just allows the process to start. And when we run into issues uh, along the way, it's it gives us more time to you know step back and think about it. And then when you get to that, you know, say we got, say we we do a plan application, we get it out the door in say four to six weeks, and um, depending on changes, we do kind of go through that process. Um, you know, we, we wait, say, four to eight weeks to hear a response, do any amendments, um, conditions to, 
to you know, get planning, we satisfy them. And then you've got, you know, planning approved by, say, later on in the year, October, November, maybe. Then you've got the winter to start marketing your site. So marketing is the is the secret ingredient to, to being successful. You know, the visuals that we do for our planning applications as well, you can use them to market. And we're, again, we're there to kind of help get you through that as well. And, you know, tips of how to, you know, succeed before the site even exists. Um, but, you know, over the winter, you are going to have to do groundworks and, Yes, there's going to be freezes, and yes, that could you know delay you. You could have boggy ground. You could have X, Y, Z delays. So it just mitigates for you know not overthinking it and then not rushing it. You're going to get the site bang on, and you're still going to be able to you know be open for as for you know hit the ground running for spring. And the way that the glamping market is at the minute, there's absolutely no reason why over the winter while you market it and get the site built. And um, you shouldn't be fully booked over the spring. And market is marketing is the secret ingredient for doing that. Yeah, that was that was huge. We've spoken about it with Callum and Ali before and a few episodes about how that helped them get a really strong launch when they started NC five hundred pods and our clients are doing it as well. Bravely Glamping, who we spoke to in I think it was episode three. They've been marketing for age and stuff and they've just opened um their site now. Uh, up to booking so hopefully they're doing well as well um, and that certainly would have helped getting the marketing early um yeah. yeah i think another thing as well that i was going to say is um you know we we have a lot of people that come in and they see the you know they, they get a quote for for full planning or pre-planning and they you know they, they kind of you know they just shut it down straight away and thinking actually that's you know i've done a, i've done a house extension for 1500 quid i know how much planning costs but the justification needed to get holiday legs is far superior. And if you look at it from this sense, yes, we're £5,997 for up to four units um, plus that. Now, see if we set you up to the best of our ability to get you that fir- like first footstep in the door where you've got four units and at the minute you easily just even start with £150 a night if they're to spec. You've paid your investment off in two weeks. Like including that. So it's there's a lot of um, you know obviously two weeks is a really really quick time and that will keep going and going and going subject to your good marketing so i think that um yeah obviously the the initial you know a lot of people see, initially see the price and think oh no way but the actual the work that goes into it you know that is it's a long long process and we want to set people up for the best of their ability because the standard and the quality of an application can really really justify you know how seriously a council take it as well if you chuck in a couple of boxes on a piece of paper there's far less likely to take the take your planning application seriously so you know by going in full like all in and straight away but obviously mitigating a risk with a feasibility study first to get a good ex, you know good glamping perspective of how uh how a successful glamping site would run on that specific piece of land you know based on the findings either go down the pre-plan or full plan route it's all about mitigating risk to get you that end goal which is having a successful site open bringing in uh a, you know a lot of money i mean I use this as an example for people, you know, a standard, you know, a good, good quality pod you, you're going to buy for around about sort of 20, 25 grand. Uh, yeah, so 25 grand mark. So if you buy a pod for 25 grand, you know, 65% occupancy, £135 a night, that's £30,800 for that unit, um, just one unit. So if you think the more units you have, even if you start with less and get planning for more, the, the money that you can make from a glamping site is is phenomenal. It's absolutely incredible. And it's why so many people are getting getting involved. Um, but yeah, I, I really think that it's, you know, it's, it's the time to get in it. Right. And so we've gone through quite a lot of things that um, clients can do if they want to be, you know, the dream client for us or, or for anyone else that they're working with. Um, 
but there are probably some things that we we see that we that we don't want um and, and we'd recommend clients not to do when working with us um so could you just give us a run through of some of the kind of things that that clients shouldn't be doing when they're working with us or other glamping professionals yeah i think you know obviously glam protectors are a very you know friendly vibrant bunch like it's a really really good standard of staff that, that work for us and and, you know, we, we want to keep that vibe across the board with our clients. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, when somebody, you know, things go, see, see I don't know, say we get a, a, a negative response from a council or whatever, and, you know, it's, you know, somebody turns it around on the design team that it's their fault or something like that. That's absolutely what we don't want to be. Like, we are there to help. And, you know, if something does come back negative, which it often, like, it can. Um, it's, it's not about, you know, pointing fingers. It's all about, you know, regrouping. And you know, you know, how can we do it to get this? Because the, the beautiful thing about glamping is it's it's flexible and adaptable. It's not like you know, you can chop and change, you can you can make it, you can make it work. And uh, yes, there's policies and things like that that you need to stick by, but it's all about perspective and all about the angles and stuff like that. So if something doesn't go your way, um, you know, it's don't take it out on the design team, basically. It's just you know, work with them and they'll work for you and they will, you know, together, everybody will, will come together and, you know, because the, the, the objective and the, the end goal is to get that plan information set up so you can have the site of your dreams and make, you know, a crazy amount of money, um, you know, for, for as long as you possibly can. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously being friendly and, and vibrant and just, you know, just, just working with us, you know, if you book a, if you book a phone call for, for uh, you know, or a, or a Zoom call for two o'clock on, on a, on a Thursday, be like, you know, be punctual, be punctual with that. Don't cancel it at five too. Uh, oh, sorry if something's came up, you know, if, if there's going to be a cancellation, let us know in advance, just keep things flowing. Um, I, th I think there's, there's a lot of, you know, connects um, and, and, you know, a lot of back and forward with what, what makes a good client, what makes a good, bad client. But again, quick responsiveness, uh, you know, from both sides, like we will aim to get back to you as quickly as we can with your queries. And we can expect the same, like, you know, if like, if you are going to be away for a week, make us aware that you aren't away for that period of time. Um, rather than, you know, us just keep chasing and chasing and chasing, because then the applicant, you know, we've got kind of deadlines and targets to meet uh, along the way. We have got an aim to get that out the door. If somebody doesn't get back to us quick enough, um, you know, it kind of ruins the flow a bit. Um, so, yeah, as I say, just, uh, you know, working it, it's a team effort. But again, we want to keep you on the straight line as possible, you know, as streamlined as possible with the um, just just the whole process. Because a lot of people come to us, and it is a it is a roller coaster of a ride that you know not many people know kind of from the get go what it entails to get from where they are now to through the process. And uh, but yeah, teamwork and just you know having that connection. We'll have you know we we've got a really really good design team and um, who will you know specifically work in the glamping industry. Um, and we, yeah, that, that is that is their objective is to you know, you know, we, we can tweak adapt men. What you said there about making sure uh, clients are flexible going into it, so sometimes it's not going, the, the planners aren't going to give them the exact dream site that they wanted, and that's something that um, Ali in both the episodes that he's been on has said is really important. Um, it, obviously, in an ideal world, your the, the site you initially uh, brainstorm and, and and get all excited about will be the one that gets through the planning process and that you set up. But you've got to be prepared going into the process that it might not be like that. The client, you know, the the, the council might request modifications. They might change it slightly. They might want to change it massively, and then it's up to you to decide whether you want to carry on or not. Um, but 
yeah, it's interesting from, from your perspective how that, um, you know, the flexibility needs to also manifest itself in how you deal with us as well, because at the end of the day, it's the councils who are in charge. We do our best to get it through to the council and persuade them, but sometimes they're just dead, uh, you know, steadfast in, in, in stopping something. Um, yeah. So I think it is important to remember that sometimes it's just not us that's in, in charge. We, we try and do our best, but um, quite often, well, not quite often, but sometimes councils are just very stubborn and they'll just say no or not unless you do this. And, and then that's up to you to decide how you go ahead. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's all about, you know, conditions of the council. I mean, I think you made a really good point there that Ali said in the past podcast that, you know, the, um, with the, you know, people have a vision in their head. They, mm. They've been imagining it for years. They've had this idea. They've thought long and hard about it. And, um, you know, they, they know exactly what they want. And the council can, you know, completely turn that on its head. Um, you know, somebody wants a, a shipping container site in a green belt. Um, you know, somebody, you know, there might be a, a council that's got a policy that's, you know, there's too many, there's too many pods, you know, any, anything like that, that, that can really flip it on its head. Um, it can, yeah, it can, it can rock people quite a bit. So, you know, having options there as, as ammunition in the background can really, really help things. Uh, you know, if you've got plan B, you've got plan C, um, you know, to, to work with the council, but, you know, finding that middle ground with the council if you know compromise you know you might have to make some sacrifices but again if it's going to get you there uh, it's it's definitely worth you know having a bit of a think about it and but and not overthinking it i think overthinking it kills a lot of glamping dreams as well uh, people that get so wound up and not knowing what they want that they've missed the whole season where you know you can be you can be pulling in even from four units you can be pulling in 10 grand a month um, easily now and, and every month if you think you, you're going to do that you've missed say summer you see market correctly over the winter you've booked out spring summer and even some of autumn i mean it's, it's 50k for half a year that you know you'd be missing out at, uh, at least and it's just yeah it's all about not overthinking it getting in the process and tweaking it as you go um, and, and it just means that you're going to be open for business a lot quicker uh, you're going to have that cash flow coming in and your return on investment is going to be paid off and uh, like really, really quickly um, but yeah, and as well, like with, with all the planning stuff as well, you know, if you need help with units and things like that, unit manufacturers and stuff like that, any, you know, anything, we, we are there to help as well. We can appoint, we can put you in the right direction. We can connect you to people within the industry. Uh, we are there to help and, and we will, you know, we are more than willing to do it um, as, as often as you like. Right. And final question. Um, let's say you've got we've got a, a prospective client who's coming into the process doesn't know much about glamping but wants to set up a glamping site with us um what's one thing that you'd want them to bear in mind as they go into the process bear in mind that um yeah like i say i, I know i probably sound like a broken record here but <laughs> don't over don't overthink it too much just you know once a lot of people is, are just scared to take that first step um, but once that first step's there you've got our back in the whole way you know the whole way uh, we're there to guide you, navigate you, you know, give our recommendations as best as we can. But there to support, or that you know, you've got you know the design team, you've got you know the marketing team, we've got you know the client team as well, which can connect you to all of them. We've got feasibility study, we've got you know anything that you need. Or we we are we are there to help uh, as best as we can. And our objective as a company is to get as many clients' plan permission as we possibly can, and set them up to our best to you know to give them that head start. And um, before the, before it's even there, and um, so that's 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 pretty much 
us in a nutshell is that handheld service from concept to completion and beyond if need be. And yeah, we're, as I say, we're, we're more than happy to help anyone with any style of site, whether it's, you know, somebody wants a, a few bell tents, somebody wants a huge, massive eco site, somebody wants, you know, shepherd's huts, you know, we, we're there to, you know, we're there to support regardless of, of um, you know, units. If you want a, a one unit Airbnb that needs planning permission to, you know, a, a 50 unit site, we're, again, we, we have the, the capability and capacity to do so. Perfect. And if anyone wants to get in touch and maybe ask you a few questions, how do they go about doing that? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, we can get in touch through our website. Um, yeah, we've got, as I say, we've got um, three of us in the clients team who have been more than happy to help um, as best as you can. Uh, yeah, there's uh, email links. You can email contact at glamprotect.co.uk. Um, you can email myself at jack at glamprotect.co.uk. Um, and yeah, our, our phone numbers and stuff are on the website as well. We've also got a list of all our you know, staff members and things like that. But essentially, we are the, you know, we, we would be the, the, the client-facing group who would be, you know, would be there talking to you. And, yeah, you, you know, if, if anybody wants to feel free to, you know, give us a call, pick our brains, and, yeah, be more than happy to, you know, if run, run things by us, get suggestions, recommendations. As I say, we are more than happy to help as often as you like. Brilliant. Okay, well, thank you for coming on, Jack, and uh, I'll let you get back to working with your clients. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks for that, Nick. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Glamper Tech Podcast. I hope you enjoyed and that you found value in today's episode. If you did, feel free to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts as it really helps us move up the podcast rankings. Thank you.